This is the First Downs with Dave podcast. It's time for the kickoff. Let's play some football. Are you ready for some football? Hey, everybody. This is the second episode of First Downs with Dave. On this episode, I'll have a special guest, and we'll talk about the game that we just had and just how he's adjusted to his new life. So without further ado, I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. Hello, everybody. This is Coach Tyrone Young, head football coach at Kentucky Wesleyan College. Coach Young, man, we've we've been here for four years. So we were playing Saturday, and then you see Razor Jackson out there, and you see Brendan McGuire and Wally Kane, and then kind of me. And you like you, how did it feel to see guys that you brought in when you first got here that fall, 2019, to see us just like seniors? How did that hit you? Um, it's 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 a it's a surreal feeling. Um, you got guys that you you spend a lot of time with trying to build this thing the right way. Um, and to see those guys now be the older guys in the room mm-hmm. is still surreal um, because, you know, I still see you guys as the little <laughs> little Razors and little yeah. Brennans of the world, but you guys are the guys yeah. that are actually leading us forward. So um, I, w- I would classify it as surreal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, everybody, you know, you've had so many interviews since March when you became the head coach. I want to know what got you into coaching. Um, so my high school head coach, uh, Coach Jaco, mm-hmm. he was like my second dad. Um, yeah. And he was just somebody, him and Coach Hill. Uh, Coach Hill is now at Louisville Central. Okay. Um, but those two guys, man, for me, they were just everything. Um, and I didn't necessarily know. I always told myself I wanted to do a thousand different things. But then when my dad finally told me I wasn't going to make it to the NFL, mm. I had to figure out a way to stay in, in, involved with the game of football. Um, and then those two guys, you know, took me under their wings, showed me what it was like to be a true players coach and care about your players um, and still do what you love. Um, so I knew my junior year of high school what I wanted to do. And at one point in my life, you know, I wanted to be the all-time winningest head football coach in Kentucky high school history. Mm-hmm. And then I coached my first couple of years in high school, and I was like, oh, I'm not doing high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, good blessings. I'm still in the yeah. state of Kentucky now. Uh, but that's why I wanted to be a coach for the first time as those okay. two guys. So what, since you said you coach high school football, what's, what do you think is the biggest difference between high school football and college football? Um, it's the want to. Um, in high school, and, and it's crazy that I say it's the want to because it's that can be taken two different ways. Yeah. Because in high school, you have a guys that you have guys that want to play um, for their towns, for their parents, yeah. and they'll bust their butts for that. But then when you get to college, it's truly, do you want to do this? Exactly. Um, so it, it's nice in the fact that in college you can go out and kind of handpick the guys that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in high school, you kind of get handicapped with who you live in that area. Um, but that's the biggest thing. That's the difference in between the two. And then also, you know, um, there's a le- added level of helping somebody become a man outside of having their parents around all the time. Um, so that's part of what intrigued me about college. But recruiting is the biggest piece of why I wanted to do college. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I know it's been asked a thousand times, but and you said it still hasn't. But now that you've got one game under your belt, has it hit you that you're a head coach now? It has. It, it definitely has. Um, when I was standing out there talking to the referees, it was kind of one of those like, oh, y'all want to talk to me type deal. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it definitely has. Um, now it's time to, you know, put all the butterflies and the, mm-hmm. the, the I can't believe this has happened away and you got those jitterbugs of the first game out. Yeah. Um, and now you get the opportunity uh, to go out and live your dream on a daily basis and, you know, of we'll talk about the game, but yeah. you get to shake back off of a performance that we didn't want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's just the true makings of what kind of team, what kind of coach you're going to be. Speaking of the game, 
Might as well just, you know, how we know how we both are. Let's just take it on the chin and just right. go right into it. It did not go the way we wanted it to go. At all. And just couldn't finish on offense. I was say, you know, I'm always going to say no excuse for the offense. We couldn't finish on offense. We would get good drives, and then we would just something. We'd take two steps forward and then have two steps back. So how was your, what were your raw reaction and thoughts just going throughout the game? Um, Throughout the game, man, the one thing that I, you know, if, if, if we have – my dad has uh, uh, it's called a sandwich Mm -hmm. go good bad good so some of the good stuff from the game is you can see the culture of the team finally taking form Uh, there was not a lot of guys on the sideline complaining there was a lot of guys on the sideline encouraging saying that you know we're going to fix our problems not putting it on anybody else Mm -hmm. you know taking it on the chin if they messed up talking about adjustments but the energy on the sideline was completely different from any game that I've ever been a part of here Um, so that was one of the things that lets me know that our focus this week in practice is going to be where it needs to be uh, because you know our guys our guys mentality is just completely different some of the bad stuff man we just had a span of the last two minutes of the second quarter Mm -hmm. um, and the first like six minutes of the third quarter to where it was six to zero with two minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the second quarter literally so you you put yourselves in a position to where we're in a dogfight throughout the whole and first First half, and you know, by the stroke of the stroke of pure luck, um, we were returning a punt return, <laughs> yeah. and, and the guy we had returning the punt shook like three or four people, yeah. And he was out the gate, and I put my hands up on the sideline. If you watch the film, I <laughs> threw my hands up because I knew it was a touchdown. <laughs> and he made one more cut, and, and it was he made the dude fall, oh. but the dude reached up at the last Man. second and knocked the ball out of his hands, and. Just so happened her dude was standing right there. And so that is that is the type of things to where we can control the controllables, but how Mm -hmm. do we respond in that moment? And even after that moment, um, they only got a field goal, so we're still in the dogfight. Nothing's hurt, nothing, you know. But it's just like our mental fortitude of understanding those moments. And we didn't have a lot of complaining in that moment. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me as a coach, it's like you look at the final score of 55 to 13 and you got to say that out loud because that's what happened. (laughs) But you look at their last three touchdowns and and they tacked on some tacky ones late. Um, But nonetheless, it is what it is. We'll grow from it. But the encouraging part of it and you finish with the good, the encouraging part of it was the face, the faces of the guys after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're finally taking on my identity as a head coach, which is great because we took it on the chin. We understood our shortcomings, but we're not going to allow this to defeat us for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, we know that it's a long season. That's one game. And if people want to jump off the boats on, on no. the first game, then go ahead Let's by see. means. But nobody that, you know, wears those helmets or, or is on that coaching staff is going anywhere. Um, so it was, it was good to see the looks in my guys' faces after the games because um, and even so, when we prayed after the game, there wasn't anybody standing off by themselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody was close to impact. Chins were up. We had a great crowd. All our parents came out, so mm-hmm. I know we're going to have a good crowd this week at home. So it's, it's just now, you know, dialing back, and I think Northwood humbled us a little bit mm-hmm. um, because we were, you know, like you said, I mean, we had so much coming back on offense, yeah. and we had, you know, the success in the past of the defense, but we got a lot of new guys playing on defense, and we got some older guys on offense, and and I'm encouraged by some of the things that I've seen since the game ended and some of the conversations that have been happening since the game ended. Yeah, I wanted to really, if I had to give this episode a title, it was going to be Reality Check. Just yes, because that's the perfect title. I was just like, because you could just see it just like, not saying like, because you know, my biggest thing is translation. Mm-hmm. Can your stuff translate from the workouts you do in the summer to fall camp mm-hmm. to Saturdays? I don't care what you do in practice. Right. When you you make a stop in practice and you stop us, okay, 
I need you to do that on Saturday though. So mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like a lot of guys were like, okay, we were doing it in camp. Like we had some good stuff and then it's like, oh, well. That reality check. Now they in. don't, now we don't know what they're in. Cause right. we can, I've been playing against your defense for years. I can know right. what coverage you're in. But then when you go out there on Saturday, you're like, well, they're not showing it the way right. they're right. doing. So it's like, I feel like a lot of guys that need it. Northwood. Yeah. I think they executed their game plan pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah. So I was like, I'm never going to give nobody, not trying to make a, them belittle or anything. It was like, I'll fumble. Like we had five turnovers. Mm-hmm. It's like you just if you relook at the game and rewatch the game, which I know we all have, it's like they played a great game, but I feel like if anything, we can just look at it as like just shooting ourselves in the foot. Five turnovers where they scored seven points on each one of them. Yeah. That's thirty five points in a game. You can't you just can't do that as a yeah. team. You know, it's like not saying not taking anything away from them, like I said, it's just you just can't do that as a team. No, they were they were ready for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um the one thing I love about our guys is you would not you wouldn't know um, from how even kill we are, whether you think we're ready or not. We don't have to do a lot of cheerleading at no, a football game. No. Uh, our guys are ready to play. I'm not going to make any excuses like we started slow or anything like that. We, mm. we had a 20-yard gain on the first play. Literally. I don't think that's starting slow, <laughs> it's if not, you ask me. It's not. Um, so we didn't start slow. It's just a part of a football game. Things happen in a football game that guys learn from, and this team, Team 39, learned from our mistakes, and now we got to go apply those those lessons learned, the reality checks learned uh, moving forward. And so, yeah. you know, it's 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 dialing back some of the antics mm-hmm. um, throughout the week, like you said, and understanding that it's just about the grit um, so we can go out and put a, put a show on on Saturday. I'm very excited for tonight just yeah. because it's just to see how everybody responds. I would say we're going to let that – be what it is. I'll talk about that more later on the show. But uh, since I got you here, I've wanted to know what do you do to get like ready for a game plan for the week? So we got like here this week. So like, what is your, you, you watch the film and then you go. Yep. So um, great question. We start on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we give all, everybody in the program is off on Sunday. It's something as a head coach, I believe in. Yes, sir. Uh, I give our coaches off. They just have to get the film broken down uh, by Monday, but everybody in the program is off, you know, quality time with your family throughout the season it, it can't be um the value on that can't be misplaced no. so i spend a lot of time with my girls on sunday because they just they're my everything so mm-hmm. they they allow me to clear my head but i usually go in the office um about about one or two o'clock and i'm in there to about eight o'clock uh at night you know all the nfl games and everything oh, yeah. else are on yeah uh, my wife understands that that piece of it but we go to church we do all the pumpkin patches and everything in the mm-hmm. morning yeah. um but so for like Lake Erie, started Sunday night, um, started watching some of their games. And, and by the time you get to a Saturday, I've watched their game about 12 times yeah. um, because it's one of those deals to where you just study film. So Sunday night is that. Monday, as coaches, we all get in the office at 7 o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. uh, we got to break down, uh, watch the film from the last game, um, talk about that, talk about any adjustments, talk about what we need to do moving forward. We have a full staff meeting at 830 uh, to go over what we just talked about. After we get out of that at nine, then we start game planning from like nine to whenever we're finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that it takes up a lot of our day because we go from like nine. Then our players start coming over about three or four to do academic check-ins, uh, their weekly check-ins that they have. And then so as on Mondays, like yesterday, we don't get out of the office till like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, a 13, 14 hour day to get ready for the week. And so Tuesday, I allow the coaches to come in at 11 because we practice at eight o'clock. Um, so then we script the practice throughout the day. So 
certain looks that we need to see, finalize our scouting reports to get them to you all as players. Yes, um, so you guys can know, you know, what coverages or what, you know, sets they like to run and when they like to run them um, and what we're thinking about adjusting to those and how we're going to attack those. Um, so we get that done throughout the day um, on Tuesdays. And then we have our team meeting and special teams meeting to install and our unit in meetings. And then we go to practice at eight o'clock and then you wake up Wednesday and you do it all over again. Yeah. You, you script the practice from like noon to four and you meet with your players at four, um, four, four thirty. Um, and then, you know, we finalize all the scout books and everything else. We meet as coaches, finalize a practice plan, practice again at 8. Thursday, we put it all together, finalize our game plan. Friday, we come in at noon um, if we're at home as coaches and we have our coaching meeting. Um, and we go over our pre-operational sheet. And I talk about different situations throughout the game. What are our looks versus offense, defense, special teams? If we get this, how are we going to respond to this? What is our play calls for this? How do we man plan on managing this rotation? How do we feel about our personnel? Um, and so we do all that Friday before the walkthrough. Walkthrough at three. Mm-hmm. Then after the walkthrough is over, get in the car and go watch a high school football game. Yeah, recruit. Of course. Come back Friday night. Go to sleep Saturday morning. Wake up and put our best foot forward to go out and, and win a football game. Yes, sir. So it's a lot of it's a lot of manpower and a lot of man hours. That's why Sundays can't be misplaced. With how important it is to spend time mm-hmm. with your family, because I you know. Though I've been on staffs where I didn't even see my wife from like I felt like August to November because every time I came home she was asleep and and, and <laughs> yeah. when I went to work she was asleep so you know I wasn't gonna do that as now me being a head coach yeah we weren't gonna do that I feel like as a player's been here four years I've our players coach in my opinion because like just the little stuff you've done since you've been the head coach like the Sundays or where it's just like just go see Alex if you've played and just take that day to yourself because you know even as players just like knowing you guys have to put more hours behind the scenes, but it's like, we're work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. So it's good to just know after every Saturday, I can come uh, back to my dorm on a Sunday and just have that whole day just to yeah. do whatever I need to do, catch up on homework, watch football, or just things of that nature. And then I wanted another thing just to salute you on uh, was just how you handled it on Sunday uh, after the game. It was just like, yeah, we know what it was, but right. we can't dwell on it too bad. So I was like, I feel like we're making the right strides in the right direction. But to go back to that game in week two, we got Lake Erie, 7 o'clock, home opener. Mm-hmm. Your first time as a head coach at home at night against a team that we've – it's been a very interesting – I'll say it like this. This is the best way to sum up Lake Erie. It's not business. It's personal. Yes. And yeah. we know that. We know that they mm-hmm. don't like us and we don't like mm-hmm. them. No. And no disrespect to anybody up there. Um, we know that, you know, they're a good football team, really good football team at yes, that. Great. But if you could have a rival in a GMAC, this is our rival this yeah. week. And so for it to be my first ever home game as a head football coach, knowing that the atmosphere is going to be crazy because it's youth night. Mm-hmm. Um, the elementary schools in town have been pushing our game. Um, the radio has been pushing our game. The tailgating lot is getting sold out. Um, the tickets there. We've sold more tickets already for a home opener than we have any yeah. of the four years that we've been here. Um, so the atmosphere is going to be electric for you guys. And I know how you guys feed off of support. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm just, you know, I get goosebumps thinking about it, man. Um, uh, Walking over that little hill in front of President Mitchell's house mm-hmm. um, and then seeing that pack stands and watching us run out um, and then be able to kick off versus a really good Lake Erie team. But I'm excited about it. I know my dad and my aunties and my uncles and my cousins and all of them are coming, my sister. I mean, so I'm going to have a huge crowd there myself. So, But I, I never get nervous when my family comes. I always actually turn it up a notch when they come yeah. because – I feel like, you know, these are the people who supported me in my whole life. So I got to turn it up a notch. So 
at the end of the day, I think the focus, uh, just the focus that I've seen from you all mm-hmm. the past two days, and, and that's why I do that because everybody, like you just said, as a player, you need to decompress. Yeah. So you need your Sundays and you need your Mondays football free. Yes. Just football yes. free. Give you two whole days off because I know the work that you guys have to put in as student athletes. Mm-hmm. So allowing you to, you know, get those two days off and it's, has you feeling to come out to practice tonight. Yeah. Especially after a tough one on Saturday. So exactly. I'm looking forward to the atmosphere. Um, even last year, our atmospheres at home were pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the Frostburg game was pretty Frostburg close. Frostburg was yeah, crazy, and it's going to be the same kind of atmosphere. The yeah. kids are going to be out on the field welcoming y'all to the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's versus our rivals. I, and I'm not afraid to say that that's a rivalry no. game because it is. Every single year we play Lake Erie, something crazy happens. Something crazy. Like the first year we went up there in 2019, you got off at number 81. Yeah. Um, and they blocked that field goal and yeah. ran a mile and scored. And something yours. they act like they won the Super Bowl after the game. Man. Um, driving around our buses and our cars and everything else, and we won't forget that. So then no. the next year, we went up there. It was the COVID spring. We beat mm-hmm. them twenty three to thirteen, and then last year they came back and beat us in the second half. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, we always have good games versus Lake Erie, either whether we win or we lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm expecting it to be a good crowd, a good game, uh, two up tempo offenses, two yeah. high flying offenses that can put points on the board if you allow it. Um, so we're gonna see which defense shows up. Yeah, because we got two really explosive offenses. Yeah, no, I've been watching on the film on Saturday. Yeah, I'm watching the film on them. I like because you know how I'll watch the film is like when we play a conference team. So they played Hillsdale. I'm like, why not just watch the whole game? Yep, just to get a feel for both. Or yep. folk, I'll emphasize on Blake Erie's tendencies and stuff like that. But it's just like, why not watch both teams since we're going to play them? I do like. Some stuff against them. I mean, we're not going to dabble into that because that's, yeah. that's definitely off the, you know. Because the podcast still goes on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say I do like what I see uh, just for them as a program from like, where I feel like we've both just been like taking strides in the yeah, right direction. tremendous strides. They, so have, they have taken yeah. tremendous strides in their personnel because they got some cats. Gosh. They got some cats. Yeah. So I all respect to go out to Coach Bolden and their, their staff and what they're doing right now. Mm. Um, but just like they got cats, we do too. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's going to be very fun. It's, yeah. very, it's going to be a 60 minute game. That's what I'll probably emphasize to the offense is just because it happened last year with the whole second half debacle, just a hey, 60 yeah. minutes, 60 we were, minutes. Peyton Peters scored on the first play of the game of our offense last year. Literally. So <laughs> it's like, it's, it was like we hit them. Like you said, we can't be front runners, which, no. we, which, which we cannot be. We cannot be. So we got to learn how to respond in the second half. Get hit in the mouth. That's exactly what it's going to be. So other than that, coach, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come spend it with the guy that you've had for four years here. I yeah, mean, man, I, I just want to let you know, you know, I know this is your show and everything sure. else, but I'm tremendously proud of this because this is what we talk about when we recruit guys, mm-hmm. you know, giving you the platforms to do what you want to do for the rest of your life. And what better experience to do that than while you're playing, while you're going to school and you actually have experience. So you, all this producing I'm seeing you doing right now. This is yes, crazy. Sir. Y'all ain't been over here. And when you listen to this podcast, I'm telling you, he got like this little DJ mixing thing over there. <laughs> uh, that's pretty dope. But no, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the way you're leading our team. I'm glad that you're you're healthy. Um, and I can't wait as usual. I missed it last week. That's on me. Our touchdown celebration. But we'll get another time. Oh, yeah. No, no, we'll, no. We'll get, we'll get another shot yeah, at it this exactly. week. I said, hey, coach, I got to figure out where I need to stand at, man. Because I was like, it was that was the weirdest <laughs> part. I can I couldn't find you because like, I was in my own. You element. know what's funny? Like how you said we've changed the cultures. Like I fumbled that ball, and I was like, I know nobody's gonna be a bigger critic than myself, but I know somebody's gonna come to the sideline and say something to me. But it's like 
Nobody was there. No, it yeah. was like everybody was like, "Dave, you're good." Yeah, like we know. It's like so. I was looking for you, not like for you, like to scold me or anything. I was just like, I was like, "Well, I expect you to say something." I was like, "I don't know where he's at." I was like, "All right." I was like, "No, you were so like, Yeah, and it's like I know you. I know you have trust in me. You, I trust in you and the team. And so it's like, it's like nobody's gonna be harder than you on yourself, in my opinion. So it's like I right. think. I just say we know you fumble. Like Coach right. uh, Burke said to me, he's like, "What am I gonna tell you, Dave? You're a senior." Everybody in the stands seen you fumble. What am right. I going to say that they didn't see? So well, as like, a coach and as a player, I've always thought it as one of those deals to like, what is me screaming and hollering at you in a situation to where I know you're already tough on yourself going to do yeah. for your mental capacity? Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about our players' mental health. So at that point, we always talk about just put the ball down. Just put the ball down Literally. no matter where it's at. They didn't score. Let us go play. Yeah. Let, let's go play offense, defense, special teams. It doesn't matter. But to to wrap it up, I know you got the rest of the show, but oh, I yeah. just want to let everybody know that's listening that this is pretty awesome that our senior wide receiver gets to do this, this this whole podcast, this whole situation. Yeah. So I'm proud of you, and I can't wait to see us shake back this Saturday. Oh, yeah. Me and you both. Well, thank you, Coach Young, for being here. Appreciate the time you've given your favorite senior receiver. <laughs> Brandon the Page. I did not right. say that, Brandon the Page. I did not say that. It'll be all right. But no, I appreciate you coming by. And <laughs> as we're taking time to switch over to the rest of the podcast, I want to give a shout out to Joel Krenz because he made my graphic for me for the podcast, First Downs with Dave. I want to give a big shout out to that uh, guy because he's really helpful in a lot of ways to me as, um, as I'm growing in my communications major. So on that note, we're going to just, I'm going to give you my reflection of the game. Uh, we I fumbled the ball, I fumbled the ball. Uh, we had four or five turnovers. Nothing, you know, that we can't fix. I mean, as a team, that we know that we just need to lock in on the smaller things and just finish offensively. We had a few drives where we looked good, and then we just couldn't finish. And then we kind of just stalled out, fizzled out from there. We just gotta really, as a team, play a full sixty-minute game and know that we can lean on each other in times of need. So, with that being said, we just gotta pack it up and then focus on the next week. We have Lake Erie at seven o'clock on Saturday night. It's youth night. The kids are going to be there. Our families are going to be in town. It's going to be a good atmosphere. And if you're in, in town at that time, we'd love to see you there. So with that being said, I'm going to give you my first pick for CFB and NFL. For the, We'll start with the CFB because they play on Saturdays. I have Florida over Kentucky in the swamp. Anthony Richardson is just a guy that can just do anything on the field. at quarterback for the Gators. And then I think the Cats are just going to be a little overwhelmed by his presence in his aura in a sense uh we got usc versus stanford the west coast game i'm a pac-12 guy i love pac-12 football especially with lincoln riley now out there in usc i have usc over stanford i think caleb williams and jordan addison will make a few plays that's why you that's why the nil is a big thing now you got the money go get those guys and i think they'll um be a slight edge over stanford don't kill me steven heron who's out he's listening to the podcast my guy from high school and then to finish it off for the college pickums, i got alabama versus texas which is where college game day will be at this week we got Steve Sarkeesian against Nick Saban, who used to coach at Bama. Steve Sarkeesian, they won that championship with them in 2020. But I have the Alabama Crimson Tide over at Texas for a few reasons. Texas has a uh, young quarterback in Quinn Ewers. He's a redshirt freshman. He would be a technical freshman this year. He left high school a year early. He needs to get adjusted uh, to college speed, especially against the Alabama's defense, who's returning about eight starters. And then another thing is, like, Alabama has the best football player in America and Will Anderson. You just can't block him. He's a defensive end. He'll be the first pick in the draft if a team doesn't need a quarterback. And then they have Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner. It's just like they got two of the top five guys in the nation. He can't really do too much. And then Bemba just plays really physical and sound football. Now, with that being said, I'll be going over to the NFL pick for the week. I have the Chargers versus the Raiders. 
two teams that have touched their teams up quite a bit in the offseason. The Raiders acquired the best receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams, which will make a great uh, addition to their offense, which has already Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, who win at the, at will in their routes. So they're going to be going against that crazy defense, though, with Joey Bosa and, and Cleo Mack, with J.C. Jackson in the back end with Derwin James for the Chargers, which is going to be very fun and exciting to see. But I ultimately have the Raiders coming out on top because they have some guys that you just can't really game plan for. It's like, what are you going to do? They have Devontae Adams, the best receiver, like I said, and then they have Hunter Renfro, top three, four, five slot in the NFL. And then you got Darren Waller, top five tight end. Those guys just, there's nothing you can really do against them. And then with that being said, I'm going to go to the next game, which is the Bucks versus the Cowboys, which is a rematch from week one last year. And I have the Bucks over the Cowboys just simply because they have Tom Brady, who is the GOAT. I think everybody would admit that. And then they have... Julio Jones to take over a little bit, help out. He'll be a good red zone threat with Mike Evans and then Chris Godwin's coming off injury. They have a lot of weapons. They're older now. They aren't as young as they were on the Super Bowl run, but I like them over the Cowboys, even though they have the best young NFL defensive player, Michael Parsons, who's coming back off of a crazy rookie year. And then to top it off for my pickings for the week, I have the game of the week in the NFL. The defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams, take on the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night. And I have the Rams over the Bills. It was kind of hard for me to pick, but the Rams have the best defensive player in the NFL, the best corner in the NFL. They have a top four, five, top top two to five receiver, just depending on how you feel about Cooper Cup. And in this second year in the system for uh, Matthew Stafford. So I like them, even though the Bills have the best quarterback on the planet in Josh Allen, in my opinion. And then they have Stephon Diggs. I think Trey White being out, their star corner, recovering from the ACLT, I think that's going to hurt him in the long run. And then it's just you can't guard Cooper Cup. I don't know what it is. I just, it's just you can't guard him. So I'm going to go with the Rams over the Bills. Now, with that being said, we're going to do our first Florence's fumbles for the podcast. And the first recipient of the Florence fumbles is yours truly we're I, I happened to have actual fumble in our game on saturday against northwood we're down three to zero and they pump me the ball and i catch the ball and then i'm making a move i make two or three guys miss and i'm like okay let's go make a play the game is it's the big play in the game and as i make the last guy miss i put the ball over his head and he misses but he's six two with long arms and then he knocks the ball out perfectly and as i turn around to try to go get the ball the guy chasing me just falls into his hands and there's just nothing I could do. And I feel like that was just kind of just how the game went for us as a team. But other than that, that is the first Florence fumbles of the show. And with that being said, I'm going to wrap it up. And I thank you guys for listening to the second episode. And on the third episode, I'll have another guest and I'll review the Lake Erie game and then a little bit more. Thank you guys for tuning in. See you next time.